All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 360 Sports Show. We're coming to you live through Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch here on Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. I am Andrew Pizzelli. He is Christian Lauber. You can reach us anytime in the comment section of the live stream or by emailing the show, the360sportshow at gmail.com. Lots to get to here today. We've got plenty of playoff action between the NBA and the NHL. We'll also have some NFL offseason trade rumors to get to uh, and plenty more of leftovers from the past week in sports. So, uh, Christian, I'll just start. You know, how you doing? It's a gorgeous day. Let's try and see how fast, you know, we can we can get through this yeah. stuff because it is spectacular. I'm saying this is the best day yet of 2021. Well, we got to beat the thunderstorm, too. There's going to be a thunderstorm, but it's like 90 degrees and sunny. So want to get out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can I mean, just look at you. I mean, you, you clearly yeah. spend a lot of time in the sun. I need it. I need it badly. <laughs> Now, part, part of that is my camera, but also, like, you know, I've been inside for a long time now, so it'd be nice to get outside when it's You time. need that vitamin D. Just ask Gordon Hayward. You need vitamin D. That's true. Um, where do you want to start? Do we want to start NHL? Do we want to start NBA? Obviously, the NBA Celtic stuff last night is fresh on the brain. Where do we want to start here today? I think we go ahead and start off with some NFL rumors. I think that that's a little quick hitter, and then we, uh, we'll move on to the, to the big stuff, the NHL and NBA. All right, so for those of you, I mean, the, the big one... Uh, that started circulating, I think Friday. Uh, you know, and and it's it's been one of those things that's been rumored in the like the chat room rumors, the Reddit rumors, so to speak. Yeah. Um. Now there's actually some reporting on it. The Patriots are interested or have placed calls on Julio Jones. Um. Which <laughs> I think would be fantastic, great, and which obviously spawned all the uh, memes uh, of oh. Uh, Julio Jones spotted at Logan Airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, b- but um, do you believe any of these rumors? I mean, I guess the rumor, the report is that the Patriots called, which, of course, what does that mean? People call John Lynch, uh, John Lynch, uh, you know, he called on Tom Brady, what, three, four years ago? You know, like, people yeah. call on people all the time. Hey, uh, can I trade for so-and-so? And the answer is, uh, hell no. But then the report comes out, ooh, they called on them. Um, yeah. Do you believe any of this? And how, if it, if it is true, and if anything happens, um, what would you want to give up to get Julio Jones on this Patriots team, if you wanted to? So, yeah, I would take him on the team, uh, you know, pending he is healthy again. But uh, he's been pretty durable without that last, I don't know, maybe one season – maybe season, season and a half with the hamstring issue, but uh, I would definitely be interested. I just ask, what's the price? And I don't think the Patriots are going to, you know, give Atlanta what they want for Julio Jones. Probably going to take a first-round pick, I would imagine, or, you know, something like that, uh, a couple seconds, and then maybe a player. So I don't see it happening. The only real reporting I've seen solidly is from Mike Giardi of NFL Network. So, yep. Other than that, I haven't heard much. And it was like, you know, we just saw in the comments here, internal discussions. It's like, well, yeah, if you're not having discussions about the guy, then I think you're nuts. So yeah, how far do those rumors go? I have no idea. But I always ask, what's the price with the Patriots? And I just don't know if they can get there. Yeah, I mean, they're in this state of they went all out in free agency and they kind of need to build it with the draft picks now. You spent all that money. Yeah. Julio's going to cost you a penny, too. He's going to cost you a penny to get, and he's going to cost you a penny to keep. 
Um, is that kind of where what they're trying to do right now? I don't know. There's also like one one little note says you know he's interested in playing with Cam Newton, which it's like why? Yeah. <laughs> Who is interested in playing with Cam? what? Maybe to like I'm interested in playing with Cam. Oh, I don't want him to be the quarterback. I just want him to be on my team. I love Cam, but Mac Jones can throw me the football, please. Yeah, I would think Jones squared is where you want to go with that, right? I mean, true. Mac Jones is your guy, so Julio and Mac, get the Jones boys in there, and off you go. I think maybe you're a Super Bowl contender. <laughs> Here we go. This is Colin in the comment section. Jonathan Kraft. Hey, did you hear that Julio was on the trade block? Belichick. Yeah. Internal discussion complete. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's pretty much probably what that boiled down to. I mean, yeah, I would take Julio in a second, but I agree with you. It's going to probably cost more than the Patriots are going to want to give up. And I just don't know if that's, like, a piece that they need right now. I mean, does it does it do good to, like, load up this Patriots team for this year and next year? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would matter. We'd know better how to answer these types of questions if we knew what Mac Jones was, right? Yeah. If we knew what Mac Jones was, we'd say, like, yes, keep getting him weapons. I don't want to start like already we're we went from like oh my god last year was horrific we have to start rebuilding it to now we're just going to start mortgaging the future to go get Julio Jones. Ah, it ain't time for that. Um it's nice it's fun it's a good little off-season rumors. Well there's um, whispers out of Alabama that Mac Jones is impressing everybody in camp. Which I'm not sure how he's impressing anybody cuz he hasn't thrown the ball yet. But hey if his mind is ready which you know that's that that was the rumor and he's kind of the guy then if I'm like Julio Jones or someone like that, I feel like that's the guy instead of Cam Newton. But hey, I mean Cam is uh, well liked around the league and in the locker room. So yeah, the only other spot potentially for uh, Julio, Mr. Julio Jones I saw is um, Arizona, and I only say that because I don't know if that's. I mean, obviously there's teams you could like hypothetically say, oh, they've got the cap space, they could. Bah, 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 bah. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins like tweeted about that he would restructure his deal to get Julio Jones there. That's kind of that's, DeAndre Hopkins is pretty uh that's saying something cuz he's a yeah. money guy, isn't he? Yeah. Um so I blame him for that, but No. <laughs> can't fault gotta them. Got to make yours, but But that would be interesting. Oh my gosh. That would be a high-powered offense. So they that, have the defense, I don't know, but their offense with Murray and those two. Yep. It'd be awesome. It's a good one. Uh I'd say the two other biggest uh, off-season type things where everybody's just keeping track of is Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. And kind of the update is there's no update. I don't think we're going to get. I don't think we're going to get anything. Well, June first is a date to look for. After June first is when some of this Aaron Rodgers stuff could potentially kind of culminate. Um, that's just a whole lot of legal stuff and cap stuff and maneuverings. Um, I don't know. I, I I think the Packers might be stuck. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they'd rather. Would they rather just trade Aaron Rodgers for like a third round pick just to get him away, or would they rather like just go down with the ship and stick it to him and force him to like retire or just be pouty? I don't know. Yeah, that would be the question. I don't know. I mean, I think you got to get you know something for him, but do they actually pull the trigger on it? I don't know. Yeah, he's in Hawaii right now, evidently. Um, so 
He's he's showing about as much focus in the Packers as Tom yep. Brady was his final year with the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, he's doing fine. I think he's I think he's all right. He's you know living his life. Yeah, and, and Jeopardy obviously he applied for that position too. So who knows? I don't get him. I don't get the guy. But we'll have plenty of time to dwell to dwell on that. Um, all right. Do you want to go? All right, all right. Good news or bad news, Christian? Where do we go here? Do you want to like start with the good and then get into the bad, or do we want to start with the bad and, and end on the good? How do we want to go? Well, uh, I think we start with uh, the Celtics because that was the most recent and it's fresh okay. on my mind. Uh, okay. And it's pretty easy to talk about. Okay. Kind of suck. So Boston Celtics uh, opened their playoff series last night with the Brooklyn Nets, um, and they fell one hundred four to ninety three. Um, and what was a competitive game? Uh, I think a lot of us weren't sure if that would be the case. Uh, no Jalen Brown. I think people thought, well, this is the Nets series to win. Uh, I think a lot of us still feel that way. I know even after last night, I still feel that way that you know the Nets should win this series. Um. That was a stealable game for the Celtics. The Nets played terribly in the first half. Couldn't hit a three at all. Unfortunately, the Celtics were only up, what, five at halftime. And you just knew the pendulum was going to swing the other way. The Nets were going to hit shots. Uh, and it it, got, it swung the other way in a hurry. So the Celtics got down, I think, by as much as 15. They battled back. It's like a two-possession game late. And then, obviously, at the end, it's like they started playing the foul game with, like, 50 seconds to go. Yeah. Um, so that's why it ends up being an 11-point game. But it's encouraging to have seen the effort from the Celtics last night. Guys like Rob Williams out there hustling. I mean, Neesmith, great minutes. You got good minutes out of Jabari Parker, surprisingly. You know, an X-factor that like they kind of kept in mothballs after getting him. You didn't really see much of him. And then they trot him out here early on in the, a playoff series. Um is that the best the Celtics could muster? Obviously, we know the Nets can play better, but was that the best the Celtics can muster? And is this series going to be over now because that's it? That was their best shot, and you're not going to get better than that. Yeah, I mean, look, in the first half, they were pretty good. They were they were flying all over the place defending well. Uh, the answer to your question is, hell yeah. But, I mean, look, they, I thought they played decently. Uh, was it their best game ever? No. Offensively, they were not great. Defensively, they were okay. Um, they were at least competing on the defensive end. Um, but the two disappointments, once again, I mean, Tatum had a good first half, I thought. I thought when, when Tatum had the ball in his hands in the first half and the offense kind of ran through him, I thought the Celtics looked a lot better. Unfortunately, they had some guys that missed shots, one of which was Kemba Walker. So Kemba on the night was 5-16. of 16, He had 15 points. He was also minus 21 with three fouls, you know, early on in the game. Yeah. He's a guy to me that if Jalen Brown is not in there, Kemba has to be much better if you're going to even have a chance with anybody in the playoffs, not even just the Nets, but especially yeah. against the Nets. Uh, he's got to be a second second guy, and he wasn't. Um, and beyond that, I mean, like, yeah, Jabari Parker is what he is. He's a role player, right? He's like plus seven, plus nine on the night. That's exactly what you ask of a guy like that. Uh, Tristan Thompson's another one that's just disappointing. I mean, he's like minus, let me just look it up. He's minus 16 on the night. I was surprised to see him in the starting lineup. I don't know if that's because they weren't sure what Rob would be able to give them. Yeah, probably. Um, because when Robert Williams was out there, he was a force. 
That guy was yeah. best player on the floor for the Celtics last night. Yeah, and when he was on the floor, their defensive rating goes through the roof. When he comes off, then you have guys like Kemba and Tristan paired together, and neither of them play a lick of defense. And no matter what, if you're throwing Tristan out there with that group of the, that the Nets are playing, you're going to have a mismatch somewhere. Yeah. Um, and you have a couple, obviously. Kyrie is obviously a problem. And also Durant. Uh, unfortunately for anybody else in the league, especially defensively, you can't really play defense anymore in the NBA. So if you try to get up on Durant, he's either going to make a shot over you or get a foul. It's pretty much just like clockwork. Well, um, he's allowed to karate chop people in the throat and then, well, yeah. you know, and then flop and get a foul call. Because he's the star. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I thought this series was going to be over in four to five, and I don't think this changed anything. I think the Celtics, they kind of had a chance here, and I thought, unfortunately for them, there's a third quarter in every game, and they just they can't seem to get it together in the third quarter. I thought smart overall I thought was good, and that's kind of what you need from him without Brown. Uh, and if Kemba sucks like he does um, – you need smart to kind of pick up some of the slack. But once again, he just shoots you out of the game in the third quarter. I mean, he took like three threes and just bricked them all. Well, it was Kyrie made one on him, and he came down the floor. As you knew yeah. he was going to try and get him back. And then he tried to get him back like two possessions in a row, which was bad. But I'd say overall, I'm not going to nitpick. Smart is going to have to take shots. They, they, they He's going to take shots with, with no Jalen. For you, because that is what we do. I, 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 I'll, I'll nitpick, and I'm not gonna nitpick. Like, oh well, he took one ill-advised shot. I thought Marcus on the whole was good last night. Yeah, you know, it was, it was really only like one or two instances where I was like, oh man, that he. I know we know he's gonna heat check this right now. Um, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. The guy I'm most disappointed, Kemba. We've kind of expected him this from him this year. I mean, he, he can't pick up three fouls. Because Kemba's a guy that like really eases himself into the game, and I thought he he didn't want to get aggressive into the paint in the second half of that game when he got back in there, and but he didn't have no rhythm. His jump shot was off, and so he can't be picking up fouls and like sitting for like you know thirty minutes of the game and like two almost two hours of real time, and then and then they need him to come in and be hot. Um, so. As soon as Kemba was kind of in foul trouble, I said, I'm not expecting much from him this game. Evan Fournier played good defense. He played nearly 40 minutes, only 10 points. He's the guy. They need more from him because somebody has to hit shots. If it's not going to be Kemba, it has to be Fournier because somebody needs to open up the, the floor a little bit for Tatum. And Tatum needs to make some adjustments. The way they're defending him, I did not expect things to be as difficult on the offensive end for the Celtics as they were last night. Like it just looked, it looked so much harder when you look back and like just watch like that Wizards game, and it's like there was very few instances of you saw Tatum like taking a guy one on one and taking a shot in rhythm or getting to the the cup easy and scoring. Everything was contested. Everything was hard. Uh, a lot of like he's pulling up in the paint, and they're like immediately trying to trap him. I saw Kyrie a number of times trying to like race from the backside and come strip the ball from him. He's got to make some adjustments either to recognize and kick out quicker or just go up strong and go into the contact if you get that deep. I thought um, the first half he was pretty good, though. I thought he was pretty good with the ball in his hands. The second half, it was a struggle. Yeah. Um, well, he, he only he got, scored... It was until late. He only had, like, four points through, like, most of the second half. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's, that's not yeah. enough. 
The first half enough. was really good, I thought. And then I thought the second half, they couldn't get him the ball. Or this is what I'm saying about Smart. Like, I don't mind he's taking shots. He needs to now. But it's the timing of the shots and where he's taking them from. It's like you're in a spot where you need a basket. They're on a run. It's like an 8-0 run, and he jacks up a three for no, you know, ungod no reason. And it's just like that's the type of shot that just takes you out of the game. Uh, yeah. So it's like – but I do agree with you on Fournier. I thought he was going to give you more. I mean, he I liked his defense. I was, I, I was, I was so surprised and encouraged by the defensive effort of everybody last night. That yep. team, that team left it all on the floor, effort-wise. We've questioned that all season long with this team. They never let go of the rope. It could have been easy. That could have turned into fifteen with like seven minutes to play, and they just let go of the rope and they lose by like thirty something. Yep. That team fought to the end, so I'm encouraged by that. Well, I thought, but there's no room, there's no room for moral victories anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I mean, they're they're not going to win the series. I don't think that's... Can they you know, win a game? At home, maybe. If there's fans in the crowd, maybe. But again, if you're down 2-0 coming back here, do they even care at that point? I'm not sure. So, uh, the I mean, the only other encouraging thing to me was Tatum. He was 6 of 20, right? But he had 11 free throws and only four three-point attempts. So it's not like he was just forcing it. I thought some of the mid-range game he did he did force, mm-hmm. but I just feel like on any given night those are going down. So I, I, honestly, I, I expect him to kind of improve as the series goes on. They got to find a way to get on the ball, and if he's going to be trapped, like you were mentioning, guys got to hit shots. Kemba, Smart, or Fournier—they all have to hit shots. That's the only way you can stay with this team. Otherwise, you're just going to get blown the hell out. It's going to be it's going to be over in four. I mean, yeah. the, the the combination of Harden, Durant, and for, for the most part, I thought Harden was a passenger. He gets to the free throw line because he snaps his head back in every play. But outside of that, it's Durant and Kyrie are really the, you know, what you're looking at there. And it and, and even that, it's like Kyrie doesn't have the ball in his hands that much. It's mainly Durant. I mean, Durant is just a problem, you know, for everybody. So that's where I, I go immediately. But those three in the first half had like 20-something points, and they finished the game with 80. Yeah. So... Like, 60 in the second half, you're not going to stop them all game. Um, but, I mean, overall, I thought they played as good as they could, and I was like, where the hell is this all season? I don't know. Yeah. I think the Celtics have a shot. If they can replicate that defensive effort, and if Kemba and Tatum are just, like, 10% better, whether that's a three-point shooting, shooting in general, then they could win game two. But I am with you. It's like that was not even the Nets' best game. If they play their best game, their best game far out exceeds what the Celtics' best game without Jalen Brown. The Nets kind of sucked in the first half. I'll be honest. Brutal. It looked like they were playing schoolyard basketball. Yeah. Lazy passes. Just guys dribbling around and then jacking up threes. The reason they were like what one of eleven from three or zero of eleven was because they were taking horrible shots. Yeah. Horrible much. shots. Um, the only way the Celtics get a game is if it's game three or four. Otherwise, I think it's just over in four. Yeah. I think I think what's interesting is, you know, obviously we don't have much expectations for the Celtics, you know, going anywhere in this postseason. If you're look, think, looking at the Nets and thinking, like, well, this is the team to beat, I certainly don't think so. I, I think if this team, if that Nets team, we've been saying this, runs into a team that is not 
riddled with injury or inconsistency, um, they're just going to get out-executed. And it might not be until the conference finals and you're playing like a Milwaukee, one of these teams that's like been together for like eight years, or a Denver or a Utah. Um, it might not be till then. Their talent alone could see them through the Eastern Conference. I still don't think it's going to be that easy for them against the better teams. Uh, I mean, if that's the way they're going to play, hey, let's just kind of like run around and have fun. And then they still haven't been tested yet. It almost got there. If it had been like a one or two possession game for longer in the fourth quarter, we would have gotten to see like, what are these guys doing crunch time? What if they're down? You know, we still don't know these things yet about the Nets. And until we do, I'm considering them the Clippers of last year who are going to like coast on talent and then pee it all away. So I think they're uh, they're going to go on a deep run. Uh maybe to your chagrin, but they're going to go on a deep run. They'll be there in the end. Uh, I uh Well, I said, I mean, I said, but they might not meet a team that will be able to exploit them until the finals. I mean, that's a deep run. Well, sure. Yeah, it's possible. I just think like if you look around the league right now, it's setting up for them. I feel like the Western Conference, there's no set team that's going to be like just an absolute buzzsaw like the Lakers. Um, so yeah, if, they, if they can get their their you know crap together and the three of them are going, I think they're the best team in the league. Let's talk about that quickly. Um, so the other the other series, uh, there were two other. Uh, there's been three other first round games. Milwaukee took game one, uh, nail biter with Miami. Um, we'll see how that series plays out. I mean, I think we all expect Milwaukee to come through that. You never know. Miami had their number last year. Um, Portland beats Denver in game one. That's a bit of an upset. Um, technically an upset because they were the, the the road team, but Dallas beats the Clippers uh, in game one uh, as well. Uh, so they're up one nothing in that series. Um, but the other series ready to start. You got New York, Atlanta, which is going to be interesting. Philly, Washington, who I think we, everybody said are, are are the Sixers frauds. You're going to find out because the Wizards yeah. are playing with house money, baby, and Beal and Westbrook are just going to get to do whatever they want. Hey they guys, wanted it. Carry the us. Wizards, the Wizards wanted this. They tanked that game against the Celtics so they could get the Sixers instead of the Nets. <laughs> um, and so if if there's a team that could just like run the Sixers out because they got nobody to stick with Westbrook and, and, and Beal. The Sixers are primed. I would not be stunned to see the Wizards take that series because we just, same deal. Do the Sixers have it in here? Till they show it to us, I ain't believing in them. Nobody nobody looks at them as like, ooh, the number one team. Not yeah, I don't shot. know if Washington has enough to win the series, but they will make it tough. I, I if no Embiid decides to just be a monster... They, the Wizards have nobody who can hang with him. Like, if it, Embiid needs to be the best player in the series. If he's not, the Sixers are, are in for a fight. Oh, I think they're in for a fight anyway. I just think... I, I just don't know if the Wizards have enough. Like, Russ and, and Beal are good, but who are their big guys they are going to stand with, like, Embiid and, and match up with, like, Tobias Harris? Like, I don't know if they have enough firepower, but they, they make it tough on you regardless, and they are... Honestly, in the last like quarter of the season here, they're the one one of the hottest teams in basketball. So yeah, don't let that blow out to the Celtics fool you. They came out and smoked the Pacers, and now I think they wanted this matchup. Uh, and it, and it should be good theater between the two. You know, Westbrook and and Embiid. They don't like each other. So uh, the other series in the West, Utah and Memphis. Memphis there because 
They beat San Antonio in the uh, the nine ten game, uh, and then they hang on and knock off Golden State. Um, I'm stunned a little bit. This this Memphis team. Get this. A uh, good friend of the show, Matt Murphy, gave us gave me this stat last night. The Grizzlies are the only team in the playoffs without a current or former All Star on their team. Nobody on that team has either been an all-star in the past or was an all-star this year. They're the only team in the playoffs. That's impressive. To to beat a, you know, no matter what the roster is, it's a Greg Popovich team always plays well, and you saw that. That was a dogfight with them. And then you knock off Steph Curry. I'm 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 very impressed by the Grizzlies. And I think the Warriors hurt themselves both against the Lakers and against uh, the Grizzlies. I, I thought the Warriors should have won both of those games, but credit the Grizzlies, man. One of the youngest teams in this fight right now, and Jean Morant's kind of finding that like next level of how to play the game. Like he's got all the ability in the world, but now he's starting to figure out how to pick his spots and when to take over. That sort of you know young player progression. The Grizzlies are really really interesting. Um, and they're 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 a fun team. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how they match up with Utah. Uh, I don't know if Donovan Mitchell's going to play or not. Um, yeah, that'd be my question. If if he's playing, I think the Grizzlies probably get waxed. But at the same time, I don't know. They just came through. They also had to play two other games. So who knows what they're going to be in in this series now? If to, if they gave everything they had to to just get in. Yeah. Um, and then the other series, Phoenix. And the Lakers. Lakers who looked like they had no interest in even being in the playing tournament. That they were going to like, are they tanking this game to play Utah? Do they not want to play Phoenix? Like, what is going on here? Um, and maybe it's just, and LeBron looking human and just worn out for most of that game. Yeah. And then obviously he hits the Superman shot over Steph Curry from like 32 feet out. And they win. Um... I just look at the Lakers and wonder, what do they have in the tank? I mean, if, if Le- LeBron and AD need to be the best players on the floor for that team to do anything, because their supporting cast is just a whole bunch of role players that really can't do much on their own. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think... They just look like they're a haggard, just beaten-down team. Uh, and I don't think LeBron has it anymore to carry a team like that through a whole postseason. He doesn't. It's just, I, at this point in his career, he can be great. He can be great for a game or great for a quarter. But if you're asking him to be like MVP LeBron for 48 minutes a night for a whole series, it's not going to happen. Didn't happen last year. He needed Anthony Davis to be that ki- that kind of guy. I also think without Rajon Rondo, I said this early in the season, everything is harder for the Lakers. You just watch them play. Um, Dennis Schroeder is a good little player. But he doesn't facilitate the offense. You know, Rondo got all those guys easy layup looks. Spoon-feeding guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis. Easy buckets. Those two have to do it all on their own now, which they're more than capable of doing. That just wears you down more. And you can tell this team just looks, after playing deep last year and having the inconsistency in the injury this year, that team just looks beaten up. And I just think the Suns, who are young and fun, and they're led by Chris Paul, and that team just wants to run, 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 run. You know, I, I just, I don't, 
Could LeBron go MVP mode, God mode? I guess. But I, I kind of see the, the Suns taking this series in like six games just because the Lakers just look gassed. Yeah, I want to see what it looks like before I uh, before I say that. But I will say there's a lot of miles on LeBron at this point, especially not you go back to last year. They had the break, but then they came back and they went on that run in the bubble, a lot of games, and then you're back again this year, and they were injured. And then here you go, you had to play in the play-in, and now you're in a series with a Phoenix team who will try. So I don't know if they'll win it. I think it'll probably go at least six or seven. Um, I don't know if the Lakers, it just might not be their year again. Um, repeat, repeating is hard in any league. In the NBA, it's still it's still relatively difficult because of the gauntlet, especially with the amount of you know games and time off they've, they've had in the, between seasons here. And like I said, I just think LeBron has a lot of miles on him. Is he going to be able to stand up for another run like that? I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. Obviously, we'll have many more of these games by next Sunday to kind of see how some of these other first-round series have shook out. Uh, you know, the NBA postseason got kicked off on uh, on Friday and, and yesterday. So much more of that will crystallize. Um, we will already be on to the next round of the Stanley Cup playoffs um, by the time we come to you again next Sunday. And uh, I'd say, Christian, there are really only two series that are close right now. Maybe three. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll hit on the Bruins last. We'll just kind of quickly go through. But if you look at all these other series, I mean, Toronto and Montreal, they got started late, so it's only 1-1. But Winnipeg, up 2-0. Tampa, up 3-1 on Florida. Vegas, up 3-1. Colorado, up 3-0. Um uh, Carolina, Nashville, 2-1. Um, Pittsburgh and the Islanders, that's turned into a great series. Yeah, That, game, that series yeah. is even 2-2. Um, your thoughts on that series so far? Because that has been, obviously we're interested in the Bruins, but if you're just watching these series and wanting to see like the matchups play out, um, this series is probably going to be the best one out of this first round. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not a big fan of the Islanders game just because puts me to sleep half the time uh but when they want to play baby (laughs) yeah when they want to play they're pretty good and uh as soon as pittsburgh took a couple games there i said maybe this thing is just not gonna you know the islanders are usually that team that's like pretty good during the regular season and then they just kind of crap out but it turned into a good series and you know obviously the islanders have pretty good defense which you know is not great for viewership but against a team like the Penguins, who just want to fly around and skate past you, they, uh, they're blocking a ton of shots, as usual. Uh, and they got some skill guys up front. So they've turned it into a series after I thought maybe Pittsburgh was going to run away with it and just and just kind of put the clamps down. But overall, I think that's probably that might be the closest series in terms of I have no idea who's going to win it. I think that could, you know, you get into a seven game, seventh game, and anything can happen in that one. So I think. If I had to guess right now, that's probably going six or seven at the very least. Who's going to win it? I have no freaking clue because I think the two teams are very, very close. Yeah. Um, and now we get to the Bruins and the Capitals. Um, who Their first three games of this series all go overtime. And I know I said it to you. I've said it to a couple other people. But going into game four, I thought something had to give. We were due for... A goalie blow up, or because there's always like one game in a series. Sometimes there's more if it's a mismatch series, but in these tight series where we think the teams are close, um, there's always going to be one just like runaway game 
right? Uh, and it could have gone either way. You had no idea. Tuca's just as capable of having a complete just blow up um, as, as anybody else. Um, and in this case, it was the Bruins in Game 4. Uh, and that game was close early on. The Bruins, I think, you know, their power play to start that game, atrocious. They made third, some changes. Third though. period, though, they figured something out. And hopefully that translates going forward because they win that one essentially going away. Um, and I'd say it's it's one of these series that the Bruins could win tonight and they win this series in five games. But you're going to look back, three straight overtime games, and the Bruins were lucky to win those games because of how poorly they played for segments of regulation and then to dominate yeah. in the overtime periods and win. Because it's very easy in hockey to dominate and lose, which is kind of that thing we've been afraid of with the Bruins. It's kind of been their thing. They outshoot a team 25-2, to and they're down one nothing. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of been this, like, horrible little M.O. Uh, the last couple of years. Um, they have, for better or worse, taken care of business. They figured some stuff out on their power play. I think this series is over only because I don't know what Washington's going to do in goal. They kind of have no answer there. And if the Bruins have tweaked their power play here, um, I just think up 3-1. If it was an even series, it would still go either way. But up 3-1, I really... It, it, it could it easily could come be coming back to Boston 3-2. But I just look at these teams now. We said that the Bruins should have the advantage uh, against this Washington defense. Washington looked tired uh, in that, that fourth game as well. Um, obviously, they get a day off here, travel home, they got to get to rest up, but um, this is most definitely the Bruins series to lose. I know hockey can change quick, but you, ha you, you have the advantage in net. It showed last game. They should The Bruins should be able to, a veteran team that they are, for the most part, should be able to go in tonight and just take care of business and put the series to bed. Um don't don't have to come back to Boston. Don't yeah, just end it. Just end it tonight. And I think a couple of keys in this series. Look, I think early on in the series, the Capitals were, were out playing the Bruins for the majority of stretches here. Um, and then you get into that first overtime game two in Washington, and 39 seconds in, Marshawn ends it. That's a key key win. You're coming back here one one as opposed to two zero, which it very well could have gone that way. Yeah. Um, and then in game three. I thought they got dominated for the most part, especially in the third period. But I think they found themselves a little bit in the overtime set. So in those two overtimes, they outshot Washington like 20 to 7 or something like that. And I thought they just they started instead of trying to kind of match Washington's physicality and, and kind of look at their their game in that way. They started just moving their feet and, yeah. and skating. And I think especially in that in that overtime game where. You know the blunder. Honestly, you got a break there from the goalie, just leaving it behind his net. Well, that's what happens, though. You got a goalie that hasn't played yeah. a whole bunch. It's you know the third straight overtime game. These guys are tired. Mistakes get made. That yeah. was a bad one, though. All timer bad. Was a bad one. Yeah, and I, I look. I don't think it's just the goalie there. Uh, I forget who it was. Schultz, maybe. You got to come over and get that puck, no matter what. Craig Smith just skates in and tucks it in. But it, even in that overtime period, I thought the Bruins were far better than they have been in the series. 
And then much more of the same in game four. They did the same exact thing. They just came out uh, with wheels instead of trying to, you know, match physicality. Look, Washington will get run down if they play the way they do for seven games. I mean, it's just like you go on a run like that. Even after two games, Washington is going to be gassing for air a little bit if they just want to play physical. They're big up front, but I think their D can be had, and I think it's been proven in the series. And you mentioned it already. The Bruins had, from the outset, they had an advantage in goal. And it had to be that they did keep that advantage. Because if Rask was bad in this series, then I think it's over. But, look, I think, like you mentioned, you got to end it today. Just just don't, don't mess around with this. Go into Washington, and I think Washington's going to have some buzz early on. If you can kind of weather that and get back to your game, you have to end it today and just you know send it to the next series. Let's just move on here. Let's not let's not drag this thing out because if you get into game six and then seven, anything can happen at that point. If they come out yeah. today and are the better team, just put them away, and that way you can kind of get ready for whether it's going to be Pittsburgh or the Islanders. Who knows? That series might go another few days, but get your rest um, yeah exactly and i i just think they're they're poised here to just end this thing while washington's already kind of down and out um i think they have a clear advantage in net washington does look tired relatively and i think the bruins have more to give honestly i still think they can play better and clean it up a bit i think that taylor hall line i mean he made a fantastic rush the other day that hall made um but didn't get one. I think that line is ready to get one or two. And and let's just wrap this thing up today and don't mess with, you know, game six and seven. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that game is tonight, seven o'clock. You got four games on the docket here today, Carolina and Nashville. Um, Carolina's up 2-1 in that series. That's at 2-30. Uh, Avalanche are up 3-0 uh, against the Blues. They're trying to wrap that up today. That's five o'clock. Uh, Bruins, as I said, at seven. Uh, and then at 7.30, uh, you've got uh, Edmonton, Winnipeg. Uh, Jets are up 2 nothing in that series. Keep Posternock on that right side. I know Sacco and and, uh, and Cassidy changed that up. Put put Posternock on Chara's side and see what you got there. Let him keep shooting from there. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's talk about that briefly for a second. Um, obviously, it, it kind of got forgotten and lost in the course of the season, I think, a bit. And now it's, it's been there in the face. We haven't really talked about this much. Um, do the Bruins miss Z- Zdeno Chara at all? No. I don't think so either. So I, 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 don't, I don't think either of us was like particularly like, oh, my God, they have no shot. What are they doing? Not letting you know, Chara come back. Um, I think we, you know, we said, what's this ride going to be like? Kind of throwing it to these young guys. Um, they have not it's missed two- him. It's, I, it's twofold, though. Don't forget, right? So part of the reason Char is not here is so McAvoy can excel. And I think he's done just that. Yes. So he's not playing two sides of the ice. He's flying around everywhere, and Grizzly can kind of hold his own on the other side. Those two together have been phenomenal. So it's twofold. It's not just, oh, well, if Washington wins the series, you know, the Bruins should have kept Char. That's not how it works. So ultimately, I think you're going to look at it and say it doesn't matter. Like, I love Char. Don't get me wrong. He's still, he's still valuable on the PK because you don't really have to move much. But other than that, I mean, he he's doing a lot of the same that I saw when he was here. Exactly. So I, I kind of feel like he's kind of been invisible in this series yeah. until you see him not be able to move his feet or he's just reaching at guys 
or he's getting outraced to pucks, and that's why he's reaching. I mean, luckily he's got a 87 foot reach, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, he can make up for it. But I haven't looked at it and been like, oh my god, wow, Chara's still got it, man. He's playing, he's cooking us. No, I mean, but I think Chara would be okay on a third line pairing here, maybe. But again, I would much rather have Clifton and Miller. Now Miller's out tonight, so it's probably going to be Tenorti. I would, I would assume, or Vakaninen, which. Yep. Ooh, I don't know about that, but but regardless, <laughs> McAvoy is the key here. If you have Chara on this team, it's going to be McAvoy covering two sides of the ice. He can't pinch, and he can't do all the things that you want a number one guy to do, which he is capable of. I mean, yeah. Cassidy said the other day he feels like he's got two sets of lungs because he's just he never wears, and he's always you know he's always out there in the biggest moments. So the Chara argument, I feel like. Even if the Bruins had lost the series in seven or or in four, if they got swept, I still think the argument is fair to say that the Bruins should not have kept Chara. I just like his leadership and everything is great, and I love the guy. But at some point, you're just done. I mean, it's just that is what it is. That's just what happens, right? So hockey is not a game like football where you can kind of keep the quarterback alive and up, upright for 45, you know, 50 years old like Brady's going to be doing. Uh, McAvoy having the chance to be that true number one and do pretty much everything that he's able to do from a skill set point, I think that's just as valuable as saying, well, if Char is not here, he could be on a third pairing. But I think McAvoy needs to be set free from from covering two sides of the ice. And with Grizzlick, he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, this is from Samantha Pell, uh, verified. She's a... Uh... Uh, reporter for the Washington Post, uh, for the beat writer for the Capitals. Ilya Samsonov was the first goaltender off the ice at Caps Skate this morning ahead of Game 5. Any surprise there? I mean, he kind of has the blow-up. Well, Vetchkin basically tells him, don't go to sleep tonight, buddy, <laughs> in, in Russian. bitch. <laughs> Possibly, depending on your translation. Di- things can get lost in, in, yeah. in dialects. But he basically chews the guy out uh, in front of the cameras, on the ice, um, and then he kind of has a obviously subpar game four. Um, any surprise? And 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 how long do you stick with him in tonight's game if it looks like he's you know if it's gonna snowball on him? Um, or do you have to say he's our best shot because Craig Anderson has only played four games this year, and uh, we're just yeah. gonna ride it out with this guy? That's, that's where I go. I mean, look, I think Sam Sonov the other day was not that bad. Um, he had some blunders, and, and he didn't make the saves he needed to make, ultimately. But in the first period, I thought the Bruins could have had three or four goals. And, I mean, luckily, he got a post behind him that, that got hit. But overall, I don't think he was a huge issue in Game 4. I thought the Bruins were just out, you know, honestly, the, the Caps, rather, were out just outmatched in that first period um, and then on. But I don't think he'd go to Craig Anderson. I just don't. This this kid's young. He's a rookie. He's played decently enough, and I just don't think you go to the forty-year-old. I, I don't know if that's the right call. So I don't, I don't question what they're doing. Ultimately, you're going to have a, a disadvantage in net anyway. True. Um, so, what's your prediction for tonight for this Bruins game? Well, I always have to go with a loss. So uh, I, I think they they come back to Boston and win it in Game Six. But I think Caps Caps probably come out if they don't come out. You know, with fire beneath their skates, and I'll be, uh, I'll feel, I'll feel better about it. But I just feel like you're back in Washington. They, they probably want this one. 
and they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to weather an early storm. The Bruins, that is. Three two Bruins, in overtime. <laughs> uh, you always have to go to the overtime. You know who's getting the game winning goal? Sean Corrali, baby. That's yeah, my guy. Too. That's my o- that's my OT hero. I still love. Was it? It feels like just yesterday, but it's already what twenty seventeen. You know, he's like having a yep. cannoli up on Federal Hill, and he gets the call. Hey, can you uh can you come and play in Ottawa tonight? We need you. And he yeah. scores two goals, including a game winner. <laughs> Fantastic. Goes from like yeah. the third line in Providence to never going back and staying up with the big club. From cannolis to third line starter. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So yeah, he's my guy. He's due, absolutely due. Um, I think the Bruins take care of business tonight. We'll see. Hey, it's hockey. Anything, you know, the 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 Capitals. You could get a monster game from Ovechkin, right? Or you yeah. know, Carlson. Some of these guys who are just snake bitten a little bit right now. I just have uh, to. Does believe... Carlson? Does he even have a point in this series? I don't know. Him and Backstrom are both no shows, really. Uh, and between the two of them, I just feel like something's got to give here. Like, are they going to make any adjustments? Like, the power play is just like, okay, we're going to send Ovechkin on the, the left hash and have him one-time it right into to a guy's legs. I just have to believe tonight they'll make some adjustments. Well, this is same uh, uh, Samantha Pell again. She's got the uh, the Capitals power play units from practice today. This is good stuff. Uh, power play one is Carlson, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, and Mantha. And then the second unit, Orlov, Schultz, Wilson, Kuznetsov and Eller. Oh, Eller's back because he missed. Did he, did he? Was he back last game? He was back. Yeah, he was back last game. Um, obviously he's part of their depth that they need. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Mantha, if, we'll see if they Mantha change anything up there. That's a small change, I think. Mantha was on the second unit. I want to say so. Yeah. Who uh, did he get fined right for hitting Rask? He did. I think. Yep, he did five thousand. And then, but then Orlov doesn't get anything for yeah. putting Kevin Miller in the hospital. What are we doing? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And then, you know, that that's only a four-minute penalty, and I heard Cassidy say this after the game. Marshawn kind of nudges a guy. It's probably a penalty, but it's the playoffs. You could let it go, and they just call interference for two. I, I Yeah, I, I don't know. That is what that is the one thing. I hate it. Be, hockey, basketball, where the officials can really change a game. It happens in football. You why well, you call pass interference? But by and large, I mean, football is such a physical sport, and there's so many other moving parts. But yeah. really, in basketball and hockey, if the officials want, they can dictate the game. They can totally take it over and make it about themselves. Um, like last night in that Celtics game, it's like five fouls in the first minute and 17 seconds of the second yeah, half. It's, it's like, what are we doing? Let them play. Same thing in... in uh, I think it was game two of the Bruins series. Game one, yeah. they let those guys play the whole game. And if there was anything happening, two guys where they were just like, you know what? No, both of you. I don't care. He checked you. You just swear to him in 80 things in Slovenian. No, get in the box, both of you. Which is okay. Send in both guys. Um, but then in game two, it was just like, power play, power play, power play, yeah. power play. It just turns to the whole thing as a special teams game, which is just... No fun. I mean, if your team wins and you score like eight power play goals, wee, it's awesome. But it ruins the flow of the game. And I feel like in this series, I haven't watched as many games of the other series to see if it's been that bad. But I feel like it has been bad after game one in this Bruins Capital series with the calls. Yeah, it's just like too much. It's just too much. Yeah, it's inconsistent. It's too much. Like, 
I'm of the mindset, if two guys are going at each other, just let it play on. There's no point in going four on four and then, you know, someone else gets a penalty, it's four on three or whatever. It, it Just let them play as opposed to do matching, unless it's blatant. If it's blatant, obviously you have to make a call. Um, like like Hathaway jumping on Bergeron's back and giving him, like, two face claws. Like, <laughs> you can't really do that. Um, can't do that. Like, they They... I feel like they're trying to get a hold on something that's not going to get out of hand. That's that's the problem that I have. It's like True. two guys scrum in front of the net. It's hockey. It's going to happen every night, like or every every time down the ice. You don't need to call that to get a hold of the game and and just swallow the whistle and let it play out. If everybody starts dropping the gloves, then maybe you you can take some liberties if you're a ref and just start throwing guys out. But like at that point, just let them play. Yeah, I agree. Um... What about, hey, do you think, we talk about it's good if Brad Marchand, you know, he does he need some of this scrappiness, feistiness, kind of just being a, you know, a pest to get his game going? Is it good that we're seeing, like, fierce Tuka Rask? Oh, blasted, yeah. Who was it that he was blasted in the back of the head? <laughs> I think it was Hathaway. Hathaway. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's... I, I'll be honest. I've questioned Tuca's like compete Does he really level. Care? Does he want it? Yeah. Uh, he's blasting Hathaway in the back of the head. Surprised that he didn't get a fine yeah. or, or or anything else. Um, that's good to see. I mean, oh yeah, that, I that, see that's that. great. Same with Charlie Coyle going after the guy who hit Miller. Like Richie's on the ice, he could have easily gone over there. Now he didn't see it as well as Coyle, but. Coyle is a guy that's very kind of like quiet and he's kind of under the radar. I thought he's played well in the series, but like, I just need to see some of that. Like you're a big dude. Just go put somebody down, you know, just the the response. The same with Rask. It's like those guys that are kind of like a little bit under the radar. Does Rask really want it? Just start punching people with your blocker. Just do it. <laughs> Can't hurt that bad. Oh, goodness. Um, so anyway, that's tonight. Um, could be a little bit of history today. Uh, let me pull up. Um, Dale. Phil Mickelson could make history today. He could be the oldest player to win a major PGA championship. He is 50 years old. Uh, he'll be 51 on June 16th. Um, currently, uh, he is minus seven on the leaderboard. Uh, he he tees off at 230 uh, along with his partner, Brooks Kepka, who's right in his heels, minus six. Um, Obviously, it's not like either one of these guys is running away with it. It's not like Mickelson is running away with it. He could totally blow up today. Um, is, it I think this is, a great... just, is it bad that I feel like he's just going to choke it? <sighs> no, it's not bad. I mean, it'd be bad if you wished it on him. Like, No, I don't wish it on him. Like, at Phil's overall, I like Phil. But, like, I just feel like everybody's talking about it. It's like he's going to be, you know, the... The oldest player to ever win, and then he's just going to choke it away because you're you're putting all this pressure on. Well, it's going to be kind of like uh, was it Love uh, in the Masters had the who uh, who was it who had Johnson who had the big lead uh, who had the lead going into the final day of the Masters, and then he ended up finishing like remember. fifth or sixth. Uh, I forget because like I mean, obviously obviously Hideki was was a like a robot that day. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's totally possible, man. Um, I'm rooting for it though because I love this sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, when was Phil's last major win? Uh, let me see if I can pull that up because uh, Pete and Gansett pointed this out. 
He said, don't forget, the weekend's biggest sports story, Phil Mickelson possibly to become the oldest player ever to win a PGA championship. Julius Boros was 48 when he won in 68. Uh, Greg Norman. Was that... Pete and Gantz, if you're listening, Greg Norman, is that... Is that <laughs> what is that in reference to? Um, but let me pull up let me pull up Mickelson here. Uh, professional wins. PGA Tour wins. Da, da, da. He won uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am. No, let's see. This is European. Other wins. Major championships. Uh, his last major was the Open in 2013. So, 2013, yeah. Well, been a while. Yeah. He won the Masters in 04, P the PGA Championship in 05, Masters in, again in 2006 and 2010, and then the Open Championship in 2013 um, by three strokes. Um, so it's certainly possible um, that... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dad says, uh, Greg Norman, the guy who blew the big fourth round lead in the Masters. I don't know if it was him, though. I gotta go back and look at the. I remember it, people were looking. He was supposed to be having like, oh, is this it? Da 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 da. This guy gonna break through? I mean, he 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 messed up a lead too, but um, we'll see. I think it's is it. Is it better? Or like, what what helps golf more? Right, we talk about these sports like golf, baseball. It's not there yet, but I mean the the golf's tennis for North America. These sports are they have their following, but they don't get the the fanfare of, of everything else. Um, is it is it good for you know the story of a, a guy like Phil uh, pulling us out at, at at fifty, or do you need to see more of these younger kids start? Coming well, no, through. I think primarily you're looking at the old folk crowd for golf, right? So it's kind of like baseball. The the average demographic is probably like 15 above. So I think it's perfect for Mickelson or a guy like Mickelson to win it. And I feel like that's that kind of draws more interest, right? There's going to be people that want to see him lose it, and there's going to be a lot of people that want to see him win it. So you get both sides of the coin, and that ultimately draws more interest if you have a storyline like that. It was Justin Rose. That's who I was thinking of. He came into the final round in the lead. Uh, and then he finished, uh, he shot two strokes over that day. Uh, and obviously finished his in seventh. Uh, so that's who I was, yeah, who I was thinking of this year's masters. Not ever. Uh, I know there's been some epic colla collapses. Um, <laughs> Pete and Ganson also points out Brady will be 50 in six years. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tom Brady is going to be, we all say he's winning the Super Bowl again this year. Is, catastrophic injuries aside, we don't see anybody touching the Bucks, and we just we just accept that as a foregone conclusion. And teams can just start preparing for the 2022 season <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. We'll see what the Bucks do then. Uh, last kind of general sports note here to kind of round out today's thoughts. Last night at the Barclays Center, 14,000 people, full capacity crowd. The NFL, uh, basically full capacity. Uh, the NFL has said that they plan to have full stadiums. 100% across the board come the fall. I have no problem with it. 
the only thing I feel like you're going to start to get friction on is, like, the league allegedly decided not to suspend LeBron over going to some, like, promotional event, which is outside of their COVID protocols. Um, Because, obviously, I think if they, like, suspended him for the playing game, even though, like, by the book that they would have been within their rights, uh, people would have been up in arms. Uh, and you'd expect them to not take oh, no one question. of their biggest players and take him off the court. Um, but they are still being extremely strict with the players. And all I want to see is, if you're going to hold the players to that standard, hold the people going to the games by the same standard. Now, I know it's probably a little different everywhere, but I'd expect or would hope that like last night in Brooklyn, that anybody in there either had to show a negative test or is vaccinated. Because if they're just letting anybody come on in, that's a joke. If you're telling the players, don't shake hands, don't swap jerseys, don't go out, don't go visit a friend, blah, 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 and then you got Joe COVID sitting in the front row coughing the whole game. That's all I'd want. If you're going to be strict with the players still yeah. and, and basically tell these guys to like be prisoners in their own homes to play the games, then the, the people who are coming to the stadium better be held to a, at least a close if not almost similar standard. That's all I want. If yeah. they're, they're going to be that strict, the protocols? I assume they're going out based on the CDC's new guidelines. That, that's what I would assume, at least with fans. I don't know about players, but... Well, actually, no, they changed it for players that are vaccinated. It has to be like 85% of the team and coaches and all that. But I did see a lot of people wearing masks and also saw a lot of people not. So I don't know how they're doing it in terms of people that they're letting in the arena. But the players... And Brad Stevens wasn't wearing a mask all night, so I don't know how nope. they're doing it anymore with coaches. Maybe he's vaccinated or something. I'm not sure. Uh, but the rest of them had him on. So, yeah, it's very odd. I think if you have 85% vaccination rate on your team and your organization, you can reduce, uh, You can loosen some of those restrictions. I want to try and find. If there's anybody out there listening who knows, I want to I try and find um, what the deal is. Uh, I do know one person who may have been at the game, if I could ask. But I'm trying to like look at the Nets website right now. Like they, they have, okay, here we go, Barclays Center Health and Safety Information right at the top, I assume. Da, da, da. So it looks like they do. you do have to provide proof of a test. Um, and they have social distancing. Non-vaccinated patrons are required to wear a mask at all times unless eating. That's out the then it then it's uh, it's out the window. <laughs> People are just going to be keeping it off the whole time. Uh, please note this doesn't apply to fans sitting within 15 feet of the court. Vaccinated patrons are required to wear a mask at all times except when sitting in their seats in vaccinated fan sections, which you've seen you've seen at a couple of stations, a couple of stadiums and stuff. Um, okay, so it would seem then that you know, hey, yes, there's 14,000 people in here, but. They've all either been tested negative or they're vaccinated. That's fine. That's all I'm asking. Um, now, that's in New York. I have no idea if that's a league-mandated thing. Like, let's go and look at... Uh, Utah. Oh, I was going to say Florida. Utah's uh, had fans for, like, all year. So, I don't know. You want to look at the Jazz? We'll see what their website says. I imagine these, these have to be standardized. I, I would think so, yeah. Uh, let's see if they have a... Oh, their website is 
Noisy. The Celtics, they said next Friday, I want to say, or maybe, yeah, next Friday, the 29th, I want to say, when things are opening back up, they're going to be near full capacity. So I don't know what that means, maybe 75%, but. This website is brutal. <laughs> I can't, I have no idea how to find anything. There's like. The, the Jazz have not embraced the, like, ooh, less is more. There's literally, like, 80 links right on their front page. Let's see. Playoffs. Tickets? Anything here about uh, news? Game night? Yikes, this is noisy. I don't know. I'd, as I'd assume this ha it has to be probably universal um, to, to have people be in the games. Yeah, that's what I would think as well. I can't find anything. When do you think, Christian? Christian, when will you go to a game? Uh, twenty twenty two, maybe. Patriots Super Bowl, baby. That's when we'll I go to a get, game. I gotta get adjusted to just having people around me again. So, yeah. That Maybe. better question. When are we gonna do the show to, together again? Honestly, I missed my opportunity to go. To a game when there's nobody there so i mean that's out the window now i should have taken advantage of that uh <laughs> gone and sit 20 feet away from people yeah um but the other part i don't know play it by ear we'll see do an outside show Ooh, that could that's possible seaside show we could go right out here run the extension On cord out into the, the field bar Oh, do do like the you know the live show like oh we're here from the casket flag yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, well, speaking of the great outdoors, last week I I said you know oh get outside and enjoy. That's because it was nice and sunny where I am, and it was like thundering and lightning like five minutes up the road. Thus is New England. Uh, but I suspect today it is actually sunny wherever you are right now. So until there's a thunderstorm later. That's the sun though. That's what you expect. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is going to do it for our show here today. Thank you for those who uh, tuned in live. We're live every Sunday at 11 a.m. through Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. You can like, follow, and subscribe on all those platforms to never miss a live show. And if you can't catch the live show, you can rewatch on any of those platforms or take us on the go with the 360 Sports Show podcast through Sounder FM or wherever you get your podcasts from. So that'll do it for the show this week. I'm Andy Pizzelli. He's Christian Lauber. Have a good day, everybody. See you later.